some point uh, had that difficulty in your life admitting that you were wrong, right? Uh, it's kind of a big deal because that's the next line in the, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as, as we forgive. And, and that brings up two pretty, you know, this, this line kind of highlights two pretty significant uh, problems or, or things for us to wrestle with uh, because it's, it's hard for us to admit that we need to be forgiven, I think. That's, a, that's a, uh, kind of a universal thing that's, that's difficult for us. And it's hard for us to forgive. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe because those two things are such huge things that we wrestle with as humans, that's exactly why those two things are, are there in the Lord's Prayer as deep Jesus tells us to pray with him and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now right out of the gate, we got we to gotta deal with the elephant in the room. Is it debts or is it trespasses, right? Because you've, you've heard both. Uh, you, uh, some, some people say one, some people say the other. In Luke, if you're reading the, the, uh, the, the, the I guess, boiled down version in Luke, the one that, that's a little shorter, uh, but it's the Lord's Prayer. He says sins. So he doesn't say trespasses or, or uh, debts. He says sins. So, so which is right? Well, the short answer, uh, maybe it's a cop-out. They kind of all are. It's, it's fine. Uh, the, the word in Matthew is actually debts. Uh, and uh, it's, it's used, uh, but then he uses a couple verses later as he's referring back to, as Jesus is referring to the, the prayer in verse 14, he uses the word for trespasses. So, so he's referring back, and so it's kind of interchangeable. Uh, uh, they, they say that William Tyndale, who translated the Bible into English in 1526, mistranslated uh, debts in Matthew uh, 6, verse 12, uh, as trespasses. And so uh, that, that was in, that, uh, in his version. And then the Book of Common Prayer uh, adopted Tyndale's version. And so it became very widespread to say trespasses, even though the, the, uh, the actual original word is more along the lines of debts. Hope that clears it up for you. Now we can pray and go home. You, were, you came in here dying to know. Well, whether it's debts or sins or trespasses... Basically, what you need to know is that, that you and I owe God an insurmountable debt of sin, right? There is something, uh, this, this sin that we have in our lives that we could never possibly repay. Uh, Jesus described this part of the prayer uh, uh, in, later in his ministry as he's, he's teaching on the, the whole aspect of forgiveness. And, and he, uh, he told a parable, one of my favorite parables that Jesus told uh, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to 35. So today, uh, I want us to look at that parable uh, alongside this uh, line in the, in the prayer. The servant is forgiven of an exorbitant debt, so much that he couldn't possibly repay the debt. Uh, scripture actually says 10,000 bags of gold or, or uh, talents. Uh, scholars estimate uh, it would have been today worth anywhere from $10 million to $2 billion today. So this is just, Jesus is exaggerating. He's pulling this number out of the air, exaggerating in order to emphasize that this guy owed an insurmountable sum. Despite uh, the servant pleading for more time, uh, uh, there's, there's no way that he was going to pay it back. It, it, this, it would have been impossible. He did not grasp the circumstances he was in. He thought, oh, if I just take some more time, I might be able to pay. He didn't grasp the fact that, that, this was, was, uh, that he was indebted and would never be able to pay it back ever. And yet the king showed compassion. He extended grace. It wasn't just that he set up a, a payment plan or, or, or implemented 0% interest financing. Or, or uh, verse 27 says, he canceled the debt and let him go. In Matthew 18, he paid the debt that the man 
owed. Uh, there, there are a couple of very important things in this story uh, and in this line of Jesus' prayer, in the, the, the Lord's Prayer, that, that we have to be crystal clear on. We have to realize uh, that our debt of sin is totally insurmountable. That's, a, that, that's the first thing we have to realize, that our debt of sin is totally insurmountable. Before a holy God, you and I are spiritually bankrupt with no ability to pay. Uh, the, the man in the story hadn't grasped that fact, but, but we must. Our sinfulness is a debt that we cannot overcome on our own. It is, it is totally insurmountable. Our only hope is to plead for God's mercy. Our only hope is to pray, forgive us our debts. We can't just skim over this line in, uh, in this prayer. Dallas Willard puts it this way. He says, today even many Christians read and say, forgive us our trespasses as give me a break. I'm not a sinner, I just need a break. But no, I need more than a break. I need pity because of who I am. If my pride is untouched when I pray for forgiveness, I have not prayed for forgiveness. I don't even understand it. Do you know that you are indebted to God? Have you grasped the fact that you don't just need a little break? You need to be forgiven. You cannot have a relationship with God without coming to him humbly and confessing your sin and and, uh, falling on his mercy and grace. Uh, That's essential uh, in in following Jesus, in being a Christian. The only way to find forgiveness is to to, uh, put ourselves uh, in uh, in the line of uh, fall on God's grace and mercy. And, And when we do, he says... Forget about it. He, he, it's the next thing we need to realize. Not only is our debt insurmountable, but God has paid your debt for you. So it's this, this huge debt that we can't possibly pay. We've got to realize that because it's a big deal. But then we also realize that it's been taken care of. God, seeing our spiritually bankrupt condition, didn't just send us packing, but he sent his son, Jesus, to pay this, the debt of sin that we owed. He has turned our debt into a gift, the gift of salvation and forgiveness. Uh, Only the king, only God can extend forgiveness for sin. No matter what you have done, no no matter uh, what the debt you owe, you must know this, that you are forgiven. Your slate has been wiped clean. You have a brand new lease on life. You don't deserve it. You certainly haven't earned it, but you are forgiven, and so you must accept his forgiveness. Have you come to the place of of confessing your sin and accepting God's forgiveness? We don't talk about sin a lot today. It's not all that, you know, well, it's just, just, yeah, we just uh, need to do a little better. No, you owe a debt of sin uh, that you can't possibly repay. The, The basis, the foundation of our relationship with God is that we acknowledge that debt and realize that God has paid that debt for us. If you have not come to that place of accepting God's forgiveness, uh, you, you can today. In, in just a little while, we're going to have a chance for you to, to step out from where you are and to come to this, this altar. I'm giving you the warning now so you can uh, prepare yourself for it as you, your heart beats a little faster and you go, maybe, I, maybe that's me. Uh, you, you've, you've got some time now to, 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 to allow God to speak to your heart and maybe you need to come this morning and pray at an altar and say, God, forgive us our debts. But even in that, as we talk about this whole prayer for forgiveness, some of you may be pushing back a little bit. 
Maybe you've been in the church all your life, or a lot of it anyway, and you've heard me and others preach about sanctification and holiness, and, and when you come to this part of the Lord's Prayer, you just kind of skim over it. Maybe you just mumble the words, because, because you know you're forgiven, and you prayed that prayer years ago, and, and you're living a holy life. I mean, you're not really intentionally sinning, so, so maybe it's even wrong to pray this prayer, because I don't really need to be forgiven I think our holiness uh, church tradition, we can get so caught up in the grace and the truth of living a holy life that we may begin to think that it's impossible for us to sin anymore. What's the, what's the phrase we get? Saved, sanctified, and petrified, right? Now, I don't think that's, uh, that's theologically accurate. But in, in claiming holiness, I think sometimes we're slow to admit that we might just possibly have a wrong attitude here or a wrong behavior there or something that still is in need of forgiving. No matter how holy I think I've been, I must be open to the possibility that I just might need to be forgiven. The the holiest life is a humble life, knowing that there are always places to grow and to mature. And so sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is, is vital. The holiest people that I know are, are the ones who seem to be the most sensitive to, to the least little thing. And, and they might come and apologize for something and I didn't even think anything of it. But, but they're so sensitive because they're following every nudge of the Holy Spirit and, and, and they're recognizing that maybe they messed up here and, and maybe we need to, to, to tweak this there. And, and, and so we have to guard against taking pride in our holiness, right? in not acknowledging that without God's grace and forgiveness, we would, we would be in a world of hurt. So praying, forgive us our debts, reminds us of our constant need of God's grace. And we also need to know here that this is a corporate prayer. This is all in the plural, right? We've, we've seen that in, uh, in the, 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 the lines in the past here. Us, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We've got these, uh, this, this in the plural, this community uh, prayer. Uh, we are part of a fallen, sinful people. And as we cry out to God, it's not just personally, but we are crying out and confessing the sins of humanity. Scripture has, has multiple examples of, uh, of people who, who prayed for God's grace on behalf of, of the people group that they were, they were a part of. Uh, prophets in the Old Testament and, and, and the priests uh, were, were praying uh, for God's forgiveness uh, for the people, not just for themselves. And we believe, as followers of Jesus, uh, we believe that in the priesthood of all believers, right? That, that we are all priests of, of sorts. That we are representing God to the world and representing the people of the world to God. We are, we are uh, the, the, the priesthood of all believers, uh, that, that all of us are, uh, are, are priests. And so in praying this prayer, it is a priestly prayer. Not just an individual prayer, God forgive me of my debts, but forgive us, forgive us. Not just on your behalf, but on behalf of the whole world. Forgive us our debts. But there's a whole other half to this, to this, this line, right? Uh, forgive us our debts is, is enough to bite off, but he brings in this whole other part of it. There's another half to this prayer, another half to the parable that we haven't looked at yet. Maybe we can summarize it this way. Three words, forgiven people forgive. If you've been forgiven, you'll forgive. If you're not forgiving, probably haven't accepted that forgiveness. 
In telling the, the parable in Matthew 18, uh, the, the, the context of that, uh, Jesus was, was prompted to tell that because of, uh, of Peter, who, who asked him uh, specifically there in Matthew 18, how many times should someone forgive? Um, he thought he was going above and beyond by saying up to seven times. Because the, uh, the, the going uh, wisdom there uh, from the, in the Jewish tradition was three times. You were really holy if you forgave somebody three whole times. But that fourth time... Let's, uh, let's, let's get at it, right? But uh, so Jesus, or Peter's like doubling that and adding one and saying is up to seven times. And Jesus says uh, 70 times seven. Calculator on your phone, 490. So that means get out a spreadsheet, start keeping track, 491. You can whop them, right? That's, that's where we're at. This is actually a, a, a cliche in the Aramaic, uh, which simply meant inf- infinity, uh, forever. We're forgiving forever. Uh, we're not keeping track of 490 times. Uh, uh, th- this, was, this was a very difficult thing for the disciples to hear completely. Man, they were used to hearing three times. Seven was a stretch. Now he's saying all the time. It was difficult for them, and I think it's equal, equally difficult for us. As C.S. Lewis wrote once, forgiveness is a beautiful word until you have something to forgive. Holding grudges seems to come a lot more naturally than forgiving. There's the story of the man who uh, years ago was bitten by a dog and he went to the hospital and they ran a rabies test and and sure enough it came back positive and the, the doctor told the man that he was sorry but there was no treatment for rabies and he would die from the disease and he should probably start getting his affairs in order. He told the man to take all the time he needed and uh, be able to process things. And the man was in shock, but soon seemed to rally. And he, he called for the nurse and, and asked for a paper and a pen. And, and an hour later, the doctor was coming through and saw that the man was still there. And, and so he peeked in the room and he, he saw the man sitting there just writing vigorously, uh, page after page. And, and, uh, and, and so he kind of popped in the door and he says, oh, I'm glad to see, I'm so sorry for the, the news we gave you, but I'm, I'm so glad to see that you're writing out your will and he said, this ain't no will, Doc. This is a list of all the people I'm going to bite. <laughs> this guy wasn't familiar with that part of the prayer as we forgive our debtors. Or the second part of Jesus' parable. It's obvious to me that this servant in the parable had not truly accepted the forgiveness of the king. The, the, the truth of, and the immensity of what the king had done for him uh, had not really hit home. I mean, think about it. Instead of running home joyfully and, and telling his wife and family that they were not going to debtor's prison, uh, he literally grabbed a guy who owed him 20 bucks and began to choke him. This guy didn't even need the money anymore. His debt was, was, was uh, paid off. He didn't, he didn't even need the money anymore. But because he had been forgiven, it was expected that he would forgive. And I think if you and I truly grasp the fact that we have been forgiven a great debt, we will be gracious and forgiving of others. Why? Because forgiven people forgive. If, if we're not gracious and forgiving of others, it shows that we have not truly accepted the forgiveness of God in our lives. Pastor and author Gary Inrig wrote it this way, it is impossible to receive forgiveness gratefully from one and to refuse it vengefully to another. When I choose to receive forgiveness, I obligate myself to practice forgiveness. But it's hard, so let's not do it, right? It's hard. 
Now, just a few, few, maybe a few pointers here today. Uh, we could spend the next, uh, you know, from now till Christmas, talking about the ins and outs of forgiveness and, and, and what that means and what it doesn't mean and all. Just, just a, few, a few things today. Uh, how can we really implement this in our life? Uh, how can we choose to forgive? Well, the first thing we've got to realize is that forgiveness starts with God. The ability to extend forgiveness starts with recognizing and accepting God's forgiveness for me. Uh, seeing the size of my sin and humbly realizing that it is only by God's grace that I've been forgiving, forgiven sets the stage for me to forgive others. It's important to see here that, that God didn't just say, oh yeah, you know what, it's no big deal. Uh, d- don't worry about it. I, I don't know, that, that, that whole term, forget about it, kind of diminishes it a little bit and maybe, maybe uh, uh, waters things down a bit because, because it is a big deal. <laughs> Our sin is a huge deal. Uh, My forgiveness cost God the death of his son. That means that if I am to forgive in the same manner that I have been forgiven, I will recognize the wrong that's been done and not just brush it away, recognize it, but then in the face of how egregious that is, I will still choose to forgive, choose to extend grace. G.K. Chesterton once said, forgiveness means pardoning the unpardonable or it is not forgiveness at all. It starts with God, and then also we need to know that forgiveness is granted, not earned. We don't earn forgiveness. People in our lives, well, once they do this, 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 and this, then I'll forgive them. That's not forgiveness. You are not earning God's forgiveness by extending forgiveness to to the other people in your life. God's forgiveness always comes first. Forgiving the people who have wronged us is a natural byproduct of receiving the forgiveness of God. We can read this line in the, in the Lord's Prayer and, and uh, say, well, when, I, when I've forgiven all these people, then God will forgive me. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, so I'm going to start over here and start forgiving people and do my best there and maybe, maybe I'll earn the right for God to forgive. That, that's not how it works. It, it's not that, 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 that God's forgiveness hinges on my ability to forgive others. No, it's that God has, has poured out his forgiveness on me so much that it's going to flow through my entire life. And it starts with God, always starts with God. And, and a natural byproduct of that forgiveness is that, that I will forgive my debtors. Forgiveness is granted, it's not earned. And so that's true then in our relationships with other people. To forgive is a choice. It's, it's an act of the will. It's not easy, but it's, it's, something that, 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 uh, it's not something that we just wait to do when, when, we, when we feel like it. I mean, if we waited to forgive when we felt like it, we'd never forgive, right? We, we grant forgiveness. It isn't earned. Again, Gary Inrig, there is nothing optional about forgiveness it is part of the logic of Calvary, he says. So it starts with God. It is, uh, it is granted, not earned. Uh, and, and you need to know that refusing to forgive is costly. It, it's destructive. I mean, the, the, the servant uh, uh, choked this guy, right? Uh, um, uh, because he wouldn't forgive, then he was all ready to, ready to go at everybody else. An unforgiving spirit can literally choke the life out of our relationships. Our marriages, our friendships, our, our relationships with our, with our kids, extended family, uh, whoever, whatever relationship, it's destructive. It, it, it's wicked. This is a, uh, the king called this guy a wicked guy because he wouldn't forgive. Uh, to refuse to forgive is actually wicked and it enslaves us. S.I. McMillan wrote, the moment I start hating a man, I become his slave. 
He even controls my thoughts. I can't escape his tyrannical hold on my mind. When the waiter serves me steak, it might as well be stale bread and water. The man I hate will not permit me to enjoy it. Bitterness and revenge can eat us up. Refusing to forgive is costly. A few things I I think we also need to realize about forgiveness. Again, a much longer conversation, but uh, uh, we need to see not only what is forgiveness, but what forgiveness is not. And the the first thing is that that forgiveness is not the absence of anger at sin. Again, this this is a big deal. Uh, We we don't have to be happy about what was done to us. Uh, We don't have to be happy about the bad choices that have affected us. Sin is sin. It's always wrong. Forgiveness does not take sin lightly. Sometimes we feel like, well, I can't forgive because if I do, then I'm letting them off the hook, right? Then I'm, I'm pretending it didn't really matter. No, forgiveness is extended even in the light of, especially in the light of, the wrong that was, that was given. It is costly to extend grace. So forgiveness is not the absence of anger at sin. Uh, forgiveness is also not the absence of consequences for sin. Most of the time, there are still some short-term and long-term effects of sin. Uh, uh, even if it's for parents, you know this, uh, you forgive your kids when they do something wrong, but that doesn't mean that they're not punished for it, Right? There's, there's still some consequences for, for, for bad behavior, but, but that doesn't negate, uh, uh, the, 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 we can still forgive them in the, in the midst of it. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Hang with me here. Of course, reconciliation of the relationship is the goal, and, and forgiveness has to take place in order for the relationship to be restored, but complete reconciliation takes time and takes both parties. And, and we, there's, there's, should be an element of, of rebuilding trust. Reconciliation also takes a repentant heart. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with each other, with everyone. Forgiveness of a repentant person looks different than forgiveness of an unrepentant person. We can still extend forgiveness, uh, uh, so, it's, so, so we are not harboring that grudge, but it might not mean that the, re- the relationship is reconciled and restored. Forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. Another thing I think we get confused about is that, that if I forgive, I have to forget. And I'll just forget about that that ever happened, and we're just going to move on as if it... Forgiveness is not forgetfulness. Contrary to what you might have heard, God does not forget your sin. He, he doesn't hold, his, hold it against you, but an all-knowing God is not forgetful. Uh, the, the king remembered the servant uh, when he came back. He, he knew all about it. Uh, several times in scripture it says he remembers our sins no more. And so we, we quote that and we say, well, God, God uh, must have a, a little bit of a forgetfulness problem. Or, or maybe, oh, that's good. He doesn't, he doesn't remember. It, it's, it, the 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 original language in those scriptures technically means that God doesn't remember our sin against us anymore. He is not counting our sins against us. We we give ourselves an unnecessary guilt trip, I think, when we think we have to forget. It also, at times, again, the relationship isn't necessarily going to be restored to where it was before because something's happened and we can extend forgiveness, but it might not ever go to where it was because we need to remember that uh, there were some of these tendencies and, and things that took place. And so that relationship, we need to be wise in that relationship and stepping in. And so, so uh, remembering is part of it. We can't just forget, but we can extend grace even in the face of the wrongs. That we've suffered. Forgiveness is not necessarily forgetfulness. Forgiveness is also not a one time act. 
Many times we, we have to keep extending forgiveness over and over again. Maybe we forgive and then uh, we realize a few days or a few months or a few years later that that's still up there. We're still holding something against that person or, or in that situation and, and we have to give it to God all over again. We have to, we have to extend forgiveness again. Uh, recently, I, I, I read, reread two classic books by Corrie ten Boom. She's the, uh, the Dutch Christian woman turned evangelist who, who, uh, who survived a Nazi concentration camp in and, and, and World War II and uh, several members of her family uh, uh, died in the process. The Hiding Place, man, great, great book. And Tramp for the Lord, both of those. Uh, put them on your list. Uh, read read uh, her story. But in those books, she describes the horrors that she endured at the hands of her captors. And yet she also eloquently describes her journey of forgiveness. And it was a journey. It didn't happen all at once. Uh, And about the time she thought she had forgiven everyone and everything, something else sprang up. And she had to pray through and ask God for the grace to be able to forgive again and again and again. We have to keep choosing to forgive. We have to see this connection between receiving God's forgiveness and extending forgiveness to others. If we're not willing to extend forgiveness, we start with inspecting this relationship with God. Have we really accepted God's forgiveness? We have to see this connection between our relationship with God and our relationships with the people in our lives. We can't hold grudges and and unforgiveness toward others and still live in a right relationship with God because forgiven people forgive. Lewis Smedes says, forgiveness is the quintessential Christian act, the hardest chord to play in the human repertoire. So I guess there's two, two things to prayerfully consider today as we uh, have walked through this parable, but, but really walked through this line in, in the Lord's Prayer. One question to ask, I think, and that, that's covered by the second half of this line, who am I refusing to forgive? Today, right now, in this moment, maybe you can't make a phone call, but you can make a plan, right? You, you can't, we're not going to start writing a letter right now, but you can, you can uh, uh, make the commitment to God that you're going to do whatever it takes to reach out and to extend forgiveness. Make a plan to make it right. Commit to God today that you will do whatever it takes to extend forgiveness. Who is it that you are refusing to forgive? And if a name or a face pop to mind, it's time to pray. And ask God for the grace to help you forgive. The second question that you have to consider today is, have I truly accepted God's forgiveness in my life? I I told you before that you were going to have a chance to come and to pray. And even as the Holy Spirit is moving and working, I I guess I I would challenge you to to pray the prayer. Do I need to pray? Uh, Forgive me, forgive us our debts. Or is there someone uh, that, that I'm not forgiving and I need God's grace and I, I need to pray as, as, as we forgive our debtors? What a great place to admit our need for forgiveness. You are forgiven. It's been extended. The question is, have you accepted it? And are you extending that forgiveness to others? Father God, you very personally and intimately can speak to us on this issue of forgiveness. It's, it's, it's uh, central to our belief in you and, and belief in, in what you have done for us, the sacrifice that you have made so that our sin can be forgiven. 
So Lord, I pray. I pray for those who who are struggling with that decision and uh, whether they have accepted that forgiveness or not. Lord, I pray that we can be open and responsive and, and receptive and that we can step out in faith and receive your forgiveness. I, I pray that, that if there are those in our life that, that we're, uh, un, we have been unwilling to extend forgiveness to, Lord, I pray that you will deal with, with those situations in our hearts as well and that you would lead us by your Spirit. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.